I'm Dan Broskell. And I'm Dave Geller. And we are the co-hosts of What Do We Know? What Do We Know is a free-range podcast dealing with wellness, education, sports, personal stories, and more from two guys who know a lot about certain things, but not a lot about others. Your hosts are Dan Broskell, a longtime educator, compulsive runner, and father of five. And Dave Geller, a pediatrician with three kids and an amazing Maine accent. All right, it's Friday, March 27th, 2020. I'm Dan Broskell, here with Dave Geller. And Dave, we have a special guest. Who's here with us today? A very good friend, Sal Freelich. And why is that significant for the folks that might not know him? Oh, the list is too long to go on. Um, you know, I've known Sal for a long time, uh, professionally and personally, I'd say. Uh, he is a Lexington resident, um, Lexington High School grad. Um, I'll just start with it. Not only uh, a very nice young man, intelligent, articulate, and very good looking on the Skype video, I have to say, even early in the morning. Um, very, um, very, um, very successful in many different ways, including athletics, which we'll talk yep. about. Sure. Athlete, um, focusing on one right now, currently going to Boston College, um, but probably doing a lot of um, online virtual learning at the moment. So you can take it from there, Dan. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so, so we led the baseball uh, guest rotation on this podcast with Chris Shaw, who I'm sure you know very well. Um, and he said, "Listen, Sal's incredible. He's going first round. Buckle up." I'm like, "All right, what's happening here?" So I did some research, right? Read all your old stuff about the Gatorade Player of the Year for Lexington. So before we get to like baseball, baseball in depth, just talk about your upbringing in Lexington, uh, your career at LHS winning the Gatorade Award, and what led you to BC eventually? Yeah, so um, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I heard the podcast with Chris. That was awesome, so I'm glad. Nice. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, so basically I uh, um, was always uh, very, very focused on playing all three sports in high school. Um, I did commit to BC pretty early. I committed uh, after my freshman year. Um but, I, you know, a lot of my coaches were trying to get me to focus on baseball, but a really big part of my athletic development was always playing, um, also hockey and football. Um, and I had planned on playing all three sports all throughout high school. Um, finished that, and, you know, I got to my junior and senior year, and I was really excelling in football as well. Um, and that's ultimately when I won the game and played the year for uh, football my senior year. Um, but yeah, I think playing all three sports was huge just to keep my compete levels up. And I think that really translated to when I was only focusing on one sport in college, um, yeah. Boston college obviously was my dream, one of my dream schools since I was a little kid. I was always on campus. Um, you know, Chris definitely had some influence on me too, him being a really big role model for me growing up and watching what he did there. Um, you know, that when they offered, it was a no brainer for me. Um, so I always tell parents who are like, my kid's really awesome. I'm like, listen, if your kid's really that good, you know when the kid's 14 or 15. And clearly, they looked at you when you were 14 and 15 and said, yeah, we want you. So um, you're not the average, like, gigantic baseball build, like 6'1", 6'2". Depending what you read, uh, Sal, you're listening at 5'8", 155, or 5'10", 180. So when you were 14 and probably smaller, how did VC know that you are going to be like, yeah, you projected D1 baseball at that age? Yeah, I mean, um, I I honestly was you know asking the same question to myself, like why you know why are they going after me? I, I think at the time my freshman year I was 
know, five seven, a buck fifty. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was just all about you know tools, and I, you know I was really fast, um, played defense well. I think had you know good hand eye coordination, but um, I think it was also just you know how kids play the game. Um, yep. You know, hustle, but you know the game's kind of moving away from that with all the technology now, and guys are looking at numbers rather than heart. So I think a lot of guys, maybe with my builds here in high school now, are you know getting looked away from. Yeah. Um, but I think at the time when I was getting recruited, um, and it, you know the offense and the style of baseball BC uh, wants, I was a perfect fit for them. So are are you are you five ten one eighty? Is that is that what you're listed at? Is that about right? Uh, yeah, about much on either side. <laughs> I will what vote. Is, what, what, what is your, more than I do? Yeah. What does your agent want you to say? Yeah, I'm six one two twenty. That's outstanding. And so, was it surprising that I mean, given the fact you're playing college baseball, that the award was for football, not baseball? Were you a better football player? Yeah. So I think in high school, um, I was probably the same, you know, talent wise, football and baseball. Yep. Um, but projectability wise, you know, to the college level, um, baseball was the automatic route. I think obviously my build having something to do with that. Um, and just, you know, the pool of competition. Um, I think baseball is definitely the, the right choice for me. Awesome. I'm not sure you've watched any footage of Sal on the football field. All right. I, I watched some YouTube clips. It's <laughs> amazing. And when I would um, talk to kids who played football with Sal, many of them, I know, um, and I said, you know, I, I said, I actually don't call it football at Lexington High School. I call it give Sal the ball, watch him <laughs> run around the field and watch people chase him. That's what the game was, basically. Uh, you're pretty amazing. Your, your, your agility, your speed, your prob- your probably your, your way that you can read the field. I mean, your, your football skills um, excelled. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty, uh, you're a pretty amazing player. Thank you. So, we, had some, we had some really good players on our team, you know, especially in my grade. Um, that's Name some of those guys. So, like, Jimmy Lane um, was leading you know, our defense. And we got guys like Tony Bianchi and Will Thomas, Max Kazosian. So, I know, you know, my the grade below me, we had uh, some really talented players, which led to a lot of success. So, given given your football you know, pedigree, was there any pressure for you to leave Elliott Justin, go to BBN or Catholic Memorial or Zavarian? And how did you say, like, yeah, no thanks? Yeah, there was a ton. I mean, from before I... Um, even got to high school, there was some consideration. Uh, me and my friend group really wanted to stay at high school, though. And then even as we were going along, you know, Jeff Costello was one of my really good friends, and he ended up, after his junior year, leaving to go to BB&N, which ultimately, you know, put the ball in my hands a little bit earlier. But um, the biggest thing for me was I loved playing for my town and, you know, my community. And something that happens when you go to these, you know, private schools is you, you end up playing for your school versus your town. So one of my favorite things was, you know, on a football game Friday night, watching you know the kids play pickup football on the uh, on the sidelines and seeing the you know parents and you know families who didn't have kids in the program coming to watch the games. That was something really special for me, and I know a lot of the other guys. And that's just something you can't get with uh, you know the prep school experience. Can you speak to that Sal, a little bit more? Like why? I mean, you are why would someone as talented as you, right, with the pressure to go to private schools for talent? Where a lot of people in our towns and surrounding towns are doing that, what kept you? Yeah, what what instilled that in you? Like, what kept you here? Yeah, I'm a firm believer in you know, you know, good t- good talent will be found, and I think a lot of kids mistake that for them to be recognized, you know, on the field by scouts, they have to go play at private schools, and um, you know, I know my parents, 
never thought that and a lot of my friends never thought that so we were always public school public school from the get-go i think obviously you know chris Shaw and you know the murray boys and kids like that who we watched growing up always at the public school we saw them succeed there so i think for us we had great role models where it was you know we can go to public school still be successful you know in playing sports and getting recognized that it was never um too big of a deal to leave but you know i think a lot of the other kids especially the young kids get that notion that um, you know, if they want to get, you know, committed um, early as possible by these big schools, they have to go to private school. And that's just, that's really just not the case. And if they really want to enjoy their high school um, athletic experience with, you know, a good community behind them, I think public school is the way to go. Was there any talk of you? Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. No, just one more person that we've spoken to, and Chris is an example, right, who is a multi-sport, right? And I don't, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if you would club anything. You were playing... Um, all these just these town sports and it goes against the grain of every a lot of what other people are doing yep yeah so I mean I obviously was playing club sports in middle school but you know when high school came around I stopped playing club hockey I just did high school just played football and obviously you play summer ball during the summer but during the school year there's it's you play for your high school team there's, there's none of that other stuff and it's the most enjoyable enjoyable sports experiences I've you know had thus far you're a throwback now yeah, a little bit. So definitely countercultural these days. Um, any talk of you getting drafted uh, baseball after high school? Yeah, so I really had no interest from any major league teams. Um, and I think the biggest part of that was me playing three sports. You know, a lot of guys have to go down and do these pro showcases in the in the fall. But, you know, I'm playing um, football and guys go down to Florida in the winter. I was playing hockey. So I never had the opportunity to you know, go put myself out there. And one, that was completely fine with me because I knew I wanted to go to college. And um, two, the other thing was I, I didn't really want to give up these other sports. Um, and then graduated in summer ball My after my senior year came. I played in the college league, um, the Futures League, before my um, freshman year of college. Um, I played pretty well. I ended up winning a top pro prospect that year. And that's when a lot of pro teams tried actually signing me after the draft, um, which obviously was um, you know pretty cool, but I, I had absolutely like, no interest in it. I know no my interest. mom was going absolutely nuts. They would call the house, and she would just pick it up and hang right up and say, he's going to college. Um, oh, I love it. Not for nothing. And then you go to BC, and you bat 367 as a freshman. I mean, who does that? Yeah, it was, um, it was a great experience. So I actually – in the one of the last games of my summer, um, I tore my meniscus in my knee, and I ended up having to get surgery. So I missed the whole fall, whole winter, and that's a big season. You know, it's basically like your regular spring season, but it's like you just play scrimmages. So it's a good development period. I didn't get any. So all these, uh, all my all my coaches and teammates were a little uh, surprised when I kind of jumped right into the uh, the season. But I was telling them, I was like, it's like. I wouldn't pick up a bat regularly until March because I'm playing football and hockey. So it was really no different than, than high school because I never really played fall ball. So it was, it was just normal to me. They must think you're an alien. Like, who else does that? These guys are in the cage year-round. They're going, they're going south in the winter. Like, yeah, I play baseball in February and onward. Like, what? That's not how it's done. <laughs> um, where does the baseball skill come from? You have, you have baseball genes in your family, or this is just how you were made, you know? I don't know. I mean, uh, my, my, my dad played uh, football in college. He played football at Pitt, so he was um, a pretty athletic guy. He played basketball and baseball, too. He was a three-sport athlete, which is why uh, 
I think that was instilled in me. Um, obviously, my brother um, is playing at Northeastern right now, and it's it's good that he's always you know home. We're always playing together. My sister too. I mean, she's growing up playing with two boys in the house. So um, it's just been a very athletic family from the start. You know, we're always outside throwing a ball around, and um, I think that really just translates. One of my favorite memories when I was going for a run one time, and I was down by your down by your house. I forget. <laughs> How old you were, but I, I was jogging by. I'm like, "Hey, Felix!" And you all out on your roller on your um, rollerblades playing street hockey. Just you, just you three kids, you know, yeah. hitting the net. You know, and no, you know, I was impressed that you are out there being active. But also, you all stopped what you were doing and, and talked to me too, which was very nice. But yeah, I mean, your, your sister and brother are both extremely gifted as well. And your sister, I know, is an amazing hockey player, but she's also she's went to Duke, right? She's a She's going to Duke uh, this this year. Will be her freshman year. Um, and she's thrilled, but yeah, it's just, it's really fun being in the house. You know, I know this period's a little bit of a down and crazy period right now, but some positive take out of it is just that, you know, me and my brother and sister are all under the same roof, which is, you know, pretty rare, but it's just like, we were kids again. We always go outside and rough each other up, but that's just normal for us. And, uh, it's definitely something we always look forward to. Two questions. So what do you, what does, what do you, Ahead, did your father play a pit and, and your mom what's her athletic background I mean, yeah so my dad was a uh, fullback at pit um so he was a he was a pretty tough fella he says he went in six one came out five eleven there just from the from the jeez <laughs> uh, my mom was uh same deal she was basketball softball growing up um didn't play anything in college i think she actually bowled in college she says she always gives us some of the oh yeah I don't really, uh, I really know if I got any bowling jeans in me, but um, I'm sure it'd be okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we always tell her that's where we get our arms from is, is the is the bowling technique. <laughs> um, what are your coaches telling you about spring? Is it a total loss? Are they how, how are they having you work out? You know, you're just getting ready for summer at this point. What's the story? Yeah, so NCAA has canceled the college yeah. series, and they've also canceled all conference tournaments. So that basically means if we were to play any sort of organized game, it would, you know, really mean nothing. It would just be to keep the guys active. But as of right now, I mean, we're completely shut down. Um, right now we're looking towards summer ball. This is going to be our start for any more organized baseball. And if we get the okay to get back on campus and start working out, um, local guys will try to, but guys who live far away are just working out at home. Um, yep. Where are you playing this summer? Are you on the Cape this summer or is that next year? Yeah, so I'll be in uh, Harwich this summer down the Cape. Awesome. Awesome. You want to play some and, then, and then how are you and how are you staying in shape? Are you just like working out of the home and running yeah. and sprinting or or how's that look? <laughs> yeah, so I have a little setup in my basement um, for just, you know, to to stay in shape. We got a, a rack down there, lift some weights and BC to uh, give all of us a, a little workout plan, guys who have some equipment guys who don't um and then we've actually been having a good group of guys head down to the baseball field um ryan cervoni and jeff costello and myself we've been down there almost every day hitting um we got a machine out there we can we can get going and you know buddies of ours uh, jack Pulowski, who's pitching at umass will still want to get his innings in so he's throwing live to us once a week too down there just to him keep his arm up and us you know continue to see some live pitching while we're home are you guys staying 90 feet apart, social distancing out there on the field? Or six feet apart, six feet apart. We actually had the cops come down yesterday. We had, we had you know, it was me and three other guys at the field, and they were making sure we were social distancing. I sent them. Yeah. I sent them. 
so when you're working out, I mean, what, what's what's the, what's the balance now between strength, speed, and flexibility that they're telling you to do? Is it all of the above? Is it one more than the other? Is it depend? Is it easier now because you're not playing games? You know, what are you focusing on? Yeah. So in the fall, um, it's heavy, heavy lifting. It's basically how much weight and strength can you put on while maintaining um, your speed and agility. And then as we fluctuate towards the spring when we're in season, it's a lot of mobility and and more stretch-based lifts. Um, So that's what we were doing when we were at school. But with no baseball right now, we're kind of moving back towards those heavy lifts um, just to make sure that our strength is staying up because especially with us being at home and not allowed to get out as much, our our strength coaches really want to make sure that when they do give us the okay to start playing, um, we also have our strength up. Keller, you're looking at me, Dave. <laughs> I'm staring at you. It's good. I'm, I'm um, thinking about the workouts that I'm not doing, but that Sal is. Yeah, D- Dave's a specialist in like running in place. So I'll call him <laughs> the morning. He'll be like running like, up and down the driveway for half an hour. I'm like, how did you do that? I don't really understand. I'm, I'm just, I'm all about burning calories, right? And staying in shape. You know? Yeah, so, sure you are. Uh, when, when you look at the baseball players that we know, Sal, who are you most like? Are you like a Pedroia? Are you like an Altuve? Are you like a Bregman? Like, who do you think, you know? Yeah, I mean, I always get asked this question. I never know who to say. Um, I really think I think there's a uniqueness to my style of play. Um, I like taking things from everybody. I like, you know, guys like uh, Billy Hamilton and um, Jackie Bradley Jr., like guys like that, um, you know, defensive-wise and speed-wise, but also like, you know, guys like Mike Trout and Alex Bregman with, you know, power-wise, so... I was like taking different tools for everyone, but I think being a unique player is something that's uh, uh, special and I hope will go a long way. Sal is, is like Sal. Yes. Sal is <laughs> like Sal. Ask Jackie Bradley, like, are the upcoming, up and coming people, who are you most like? And he's like, I'm like Sal. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows. JBJ knows. <laughs> ALCS MVP Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, you know, not for nothing, but it's incredible to see, you know, two kids from LHS take the BC route and both of them are going to get drafted within three or four years. I'm not sure that's ever happened for Lexington baseball before, but what a great credit to the program and the coaches who I assume have been there for a long time. So I assume you're going to give them a good shout out and validation and the fact that they were really helpful in your development. Oh, yeah, they're great. I mean, we, uh, we're we still in all, we're always in contact with them, too. I remember uh, when I was in high school, Chris would always come back, you know, He'd work out with us and hit with us, and you know I try to do the same now. Um, they're obviously not playing right now, but last year I tried to get back and you know hit with those guys, and I and I played with some of those guys too. And I know it went a long way when Chris came back. You know, seeing uh, us in high school, seeing you know a college guy who's going to get drafted, you know, back to his roots was pretty meaningful, especially for the kids who are like you know I'm playing wearing the same jersey he did. So uh, yeah, I mean the coaches do a great job over there. Um, they've been there for a while, and um, you know we owe it all to them. And not for nothing, I mean, you know, Shaw said, like, listen, this Sal's going top half of the first round. So are you even thinking about that? Are you preparing for that for the end of junior year? And how is this pause and playing going to affect that, if, if at all, you know? Throw in, Sal, and Dan knows this, as is Chris. You know, I, I'm decent friends with Mike Lavin, right, who you know very yeah. well, who you brother plays for at Northeastern. And, yeah, your name comes up a lot in conversations. And he said, keep an eye on this on Sal because he's going – yeah, I mean, it's something that none of us really try to think about every single day. And, you know, especially as it gets closer, it's still a year away. And um, it's it's more 
easy to think about now that I'm not playing, but during the season, you really want to just focus on your team and focus on winning baseball games because, you know, in the end, you are trying to get to Omaha and win a national championship. But, I mean, the closer the draft gets every single year, there's always chatter that goes around about it. Um, but the more that, you know, I can focus on my team and all the other guys who are going to get drafted, um, the more that it'll just – all the pieces will fall into place for you. So I try to stay away from it as much as I can. So with the with the Baseball World Series being canceled, right, you said? Um and for example, March Madness being canceled, all these, you know, juniors and seniors in these sports that are coming out, how does how does that affect their future prospects? It's crazy. So we just found out that the draft this year will happen, but it will only be five rounds, which is better than nothing because they were played at canceling, but so it's gonna be five rounds, which is I mean, less than half of what it usually is, and that'll allow, you know, guys that we're going to get drafted in those rounds to get drafted. But that also, you know, allows for a ton of bubble guys who, you know, we're still probably going to get drafted and given a chance, not anymore. And if those guys were seniors, you know, they could possibly be done because the NCAA is still working on eligibility. Um, it's a really hard thing to cover right now, because if you give every single kid another year of eligibility, that messes up. Um, every team's rosters for the next five years. You know, it affects the seniors in high school now because if the seniors in high school get here and everyone's back, I mean, I mean they're not playing. So it's 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 kind of hard to figure out a rule for that. Um, I know they're working on it. I think they said March 30th, um, a rough date for a finalized um, rule. But I think what they're going to do right now, leaning towards, is um, I think everyone. Freshmen, sophomore, juniors will not get another year of eligibility back. Um, and I think the seniors are like 50-50 right now. They're really trying to figure out what they can do for them so they didn't just you know, end their baseball careers on that. So, so can, you, can you just explain for the people that might be not know, including me, who knows half the answer. So why is it that when you're drafted, it's either when you're 18 or when you're 21? And why is it different for or, – or is it just policy or tradition – and what about international players in the draft? How does it all work? So, like, there's no chance you'd be drafted this year because you aren't going to be a junior, or what's or what's the story? So, you can either get drafted out of high school. That's yep. that's really everyone's eligible to get drafted out of high school. Yep. Um, but once you declare that you're going to college, you cannot then get drafted again until you're 21. Okay. So, it's not necessarily junior year. I know a ton of kids. Um, we'll go do a PG year after high school and then go to college and they'll be 21 their sophomore year and then be eligible. Um, but yeah, once you, um, step foot on campus, you have to wait until you're 21. So for me, that would be my junior year. Um, but some kids will be sophomore year, but yeah, it's, it is very different than, you know, like, I don't, you know, basketball, you can do the, you know, one year one done. And done. Yep. yep. It's like you have your one year to get drafted. If not, you just sign after that. So it is, uh, <clears throat> they're different for each one, but yeah, baseballs is uh, a little weird. And so I know a lot of guys will get drafted at high school, go to college, and then you know they'll get drafted again from either a different team or same team um, when they turn 21. Yeah, so I mean, if you re- if you read the Moneyball stuff, and you know, I talked about this with Chris a little bit, you know, Billy Bean's like, hey, you know, you know who I want to draft? I want to draft high, uh, college players with experience because you see what they've done over three years. And high school players, it's just a, it's just a crapshoot. You're not really sure what's going to happen. Yeah. So I mean, he liked he likes those seasoned twenty one year olds, not the eighteen year olds that have proven nothing outside of high school. Exactly. And a lot of the high school kids now that are getting drafted are pitchers just because with their arms it's it's almost like a if you invest in a kid who's eighteen and hasn't thrown 
that many innings like college guys have. It's it's kind of a better investment for you, I think. Right. But, um, you see a lot of these uh, hitters now are, are college guys, and it's kind of swinging from what was used to be a lot of high school kids to um, more college kids getting drafted higher. And is BC using uh, advanced uh, analytics and data and video for you? So you know, what are they saying about what you can do You know, that might be surprising to us? Yeah, I mean, so we use... Um, a ton of technology. I think we're very fortunate, um, you know, to be a school that is able to use this technology. But I mean, from a scouting standpoint to, uh, you know, individual improvement standpoint, I mean, before every single game, I, you know, we get spreadsheets and video on the pitches we're seeing. We get, you know, percentages and tendencies of what pitches they throw and what counts, um, all this different stuff. And then um, I, I never personally look at that stuff either i i, <laughs> I think that if a pitcher is good he can throw any pitch in any count yeah. he can throw his curveball change up fastball whenever he wants for a strike so i just like to know how hard they throw and what pitches they have so i'm not surprised um, but i know other guys do really use that technology to their advantage um and then they also um you know track what we do so i have you know every pitch i've seen this year i'll, I'll get um it tells me you know what pitches I hit, what pitches I swung and missed at. Um, you know, do I hit fastballs better than curveballs? And what counts am I hitting the best? And that sort of allows me to have a better approach as I head into games. So it's definitely um, the world we're in today with technology. You can use it to your advantage, but um, I definitely still like to stay away from it in some areas. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite sports movie, Sal? Not even close. Remember the Titans is my favorite one. Oh wow! Off the bat, number one answer. All right, it's pretty solid. What, what are some other ones in the top tier? I got Rudy up there. Excellent. Uh, Miracle um, is definitely up there. Um, Moneyball is a big one for me too. Good. Um, but yeah, all, all those are are big ones for me. But yeah, remember the Titans leads the pack. Keller, what's your favorite uh, a sports movie? Well, Chris Shaw promised me that he'd watch Long Gone. So I, oh, uh, stop I, it. So I got to get there. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't have, Sal. It's, a real, it's, the real original, it's the original Bull Durham. All right. And great. Okay. great. Um, my favorite sports movie. I mean, I, I really enjoy um, Field of Dreams. I think that's a, a really good movie. Um, oh, come on. Nah, Do you like me. being sad? I mean, that's not really a... a I mean, but fine. Not whatever. A lot of meaning there. Um, I enjoy... Oh, I have some great sports movies that you, uh, the fish that saved Pittsburgh, which is a great basketball movie. Uh, Dude, you are so old. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great watch. Um, it's got some, some real basketball styles in it. I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy sports movies that don't really replicate, you know, the game well, you know, with, with like, like with a, with a basketball Well, that's movie. most man. Well, that's most. Yeah. I like Hoosiers. I was gonna say you must love Hoosiers. I'm a big Hoosiers guy. Yeah. Hoosiers is Hoosiers is top. I mean Hoosiers, Bull Durham, Mighty Ducks. By the way, Mighty Ducks is amazing. Yeah, I, I, underrated for sure. Moneyball, absolutely. Rudy though, Rudy. I mean, I don't. I was never and am not a Notre Dame fan. But if you can't like Rudy, oh, there's just some there's just something wrong with you. Especially when the football stuff gets going. I'm like, this is, and the music, oh, so good. Early John Favreau in that movie too. Yep. I mean, it's really good. So I I enjoy Rudy actually, but I, I have a different. Now, I, I was talking to a mom in the office a couple weeks ago who was involved with a football team. I think she was a trainer there. And she was saying how the Notre Dame folk are actually crazy about the movie, Rudy, uh, because of some of the um, discrepancies maybe and also the um, 
just the whole story around Rudy, but I can't, I, you know. Yeah, it definitely, definitely bent, bent the truth oh, a little yeah. bit to make it a little bit more myth, mythological than factual. But I think our first game was not such a jerk to, you know, to Rudy and other guy, Dan Devine wasn't such a dismissive guy. But I mean, the movie itself, I mean, it's enjoyable. And the original Bad News Bears, just going to say it. Oh, my yeah. God. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got problems. Um <laughs> But no, but, but no one's going to movies now because there's no movies being released. So I would, Dave is not sad. So I'm sad about uh, about Fast Nine not coming out and the new yeah. Bond movie not coming out. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Yeah. So what are you watching right now? If you have any time, Netflix, Hulu. What are you doing? Yeah, I've I've been I've never been a big movie TV guy. I just like I. I what are you now? What are you reading? <laughs> yeah. What am I reading? I. Organizational behavior and financial accounting. That's what I'm reading right now. That sounds really. right there. Um, yeah, I've been. I, I watched 1917 the other night. I thought it was phenomenal. Really yeah. good movie. Um, it was like shot in one shot the whole time. They didn't. They didn't cut any clip. Well done. And I'm a big. Well, I love you know war movies. That's like my big thing. Um, All right. Really good. So yeah, must watch if you guys have any time. Um, I, we have, no, nobody talked about Creed. Creed was a pretty good sports movie. Creed was good too. So there's, there's, there's speaking of one shot. There's the the first match he has against the other guy's son is a one shot where he has the whole thing in the ring. That's an amazing like three and a half minutes of a uh, of, of sports movie right there. So definitely yeah. a huge Creed fan. Yeah, we watch a. I've been watching. We, that's what we do on the plane rides too. You know, back and forth is big. Uh, we had a couple long ones this year too, so I crushed a ton of movies. I did um the one that just the uh, Irishman was good on Netflix. Oh. Hours. I thought that was really good. It takes a whole plane ride, man. Relax. Oh, and I, took, I, know, I crushed it on one of the or plane ride to Arizona, and it was um, that was really good. I thought. Do you um, like? Do you like good like Boston crime movies? Like, are you a fan of the town? Town's good. Love the yeah. town. Um, town departed. Mystic River. These are really. I mean, Geller loves all those. Oh, um, yeah. But t- t- the town's all. The town is always on, and I will always watch the town. Oh yeah. Yep. My favorite part is when he walks in, he's like, you didn't just knock over a, a stomachic with a roll for a roll of quarters. <laughs> and like, he never does the Boston accent again. I'm like, where, where's that been hiding, dude? You know? it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But the, you know, as you know, the, the Renner and Affleck scene from the graveyard, you know, when, when Brady left, they put, you know, Brady's face on, uh, on Affleck. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So D- Dave and I, by the way, Sal, are both not going to be rooting for Tom Brady in Tampa, so we don't know where you where you fall on that one, but really, is that you guys are not rooting for him? We're not. No, so I said even, not, even the Pats are zero and sixteen, and I'm not rooting for Tampa. <laughs> I'm not rooting against him. I'm not rooting against him. I'm not rooting. No, for but him. like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be excited about it. You know, I'm a Steelers fan. I'm a big Steelers fan. Obviously, oh, yeah. what? No, I know my family's <laughs> Pittsburgh. My dad obviously he played with Pitt, and uh, yeah. I've just been a big Steelers fan growing up. I'm a I'm a Patriots fan also. It's not that I'm not a Pats fan, but I'm that's always, a hard that's a hard one to straddle. You know. I know. I always I always have trouble telling people, but um, yeah, I've always been a Tom Brady fan though. So I, I'm I'm still gonna root for him. Um, I don't know if I agree with his decision, but um, I'll still root for Tom. I mean, wow. Dan Dan asked you about you know on the feet on the baseball field, who do you you know liken yourself to? Oh yeah. But but on the football field, like, you know, are you? Ludy, you know, like what's your? Like, He's Jameis. He's Jameis. <laughs> I would say, uh, I would say Kyler Murray's a, a oh, like a nice, yeah. guy, I like, but um, Doug Flutie too is a big one uh, that I, I know. I got a ton of uh, people said I looked like him, and I had never really seen him play, obviously. But um, just his ability alone, right? Height wise, too. I know we were have always you met him, but just, yeah. yeah, I actually have met him. Um, he's he's at, been at BC a lot. Um, he's come to a couple of our events and. 
Who's bigger, you or him? Oh, I, it's close. It's close. I think he's got. I think he's got me in weight. I think I might have him in height, though. Uh, all <laughs> right, that's good stuff. Um, Sal, what's the question? I, I know that nothing's open, but if you're gonna be like, "Hey, I, I want a little, I want a treat. I'm gonna go out tonight for dinner in Lexington. Like, where would you go? Your favorite Lexington eatery? <laughs> oh my gosh! Now, now that the Vinebrook Tavern's closed, where, I know. Yeah, other, other than the Vinebrook. So, um, if it's like I'm with my buddies and it's like we're gonna go sit down, like our post football, post baseball, we're at Cadoba. That's where we're at. After those games, we go to Kedoba, we sit down. <laughs> if it's oh boy. sit down, um, I'm probably going to Villalaga. That's probably nice. <laughs> well, Dave, Dave, got very, Dave got very upset because we asked Shaw, you know, what do you, what's your tradition before a game? And he's like, well, you know, if I've had a good game, you know, I'll have the same thing. And usually that's Chipotle. And Dave has this ridiculous, like, anti-Chipotle stance for whatever reason. <laughs> So the I'm, fact you said Qdoba makes me really happy. I'm not anti-Chipotle, but I'm definitely Qdoba over Chipotle. I mean, that just t- tell us why, though. That's interesting. You don't usually one hear is, that. One is the queso at Qdoba. <laughs> is, yeah. Chipotle tried getting in the queso game, but no, they, they can't do it. They got to stay it's away. It's too late. All right. I think the burritos are way bigger yep. at I get more for my buck. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I've just always been Qdoba. I think it tastes yeah, yeah, I mean, not for nothing. Like, frequently Chipotle, I'm like, hey, can you put some more in there? Yeah. Put some more in there? Like, what are you skimping for? Exactly. It's not, it's not necessary. I'm Team Qdoba. <laughs> team Qdoba. Uh, and what about BC? Where are you going to, where, are you going to Eagle? Where are you going to BC? for? Uh, yeah, Eagle's Chipotle? Deli's big. Um, Pino's Pizza. Um, I don't know if you with guys the, are... With the Sicilian? Oh, Sicilian's That's so a great crust at Pino's, yeah. And then we got... I don't know if you guys are familiar with Pliables, but um, they just opened up pliable store literally directly across from my dorm um we've been that's like just, your dorm <laughs> so I'm, I'm 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 not what is that i'm not uh, i haven't heard about so it it's like a bowl that has like so plot ply is like a dragon fruit i think yep, and then okay. if they put that at the base of it with granola and then they layer it with like bananas strawberries you know fruit peanut butter nutella you can there's a ton of different bowls like protein bowls and it's a like a Cali-based store, and they open just one up. Just grab it and go, yeah. Um, so my food-based bowl was years ago when Jen and I went down to uh, the Keys for a, a vacation pre-kids, and I got a Caesar salad, but the bowl was made of Parmesan cheese. No. That is absolutely <laughs> that disgusting. Was, that was a good one. <laughs> Sal, the, I mean, the more you listen to Dave Geller talk, Sal, you realize that like, how, how is he not like – dead or obese because he just doesn't really believe in making healthy choices and this is another prime example of that like that's really nasty oh it's fruits and veggies though we're still eating them it's all fruits veggies that's you need to have the, the trendy uh, the, the antioxidant fruit of the day whether it's dragon fruit or lychee or acai i mean there we go exactly maybe, maybe pliable should buy a 30 minute spot in the podcast skeleton why don't you figure it out a sponsor yeah, oh my god um <laughs> this is tremendous <laughs> It's about Sal, please. About Sal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, not not for nothing, but I mean, Shaw was here just before spring training, and we were all kind of laughing about the coronavirus. And now, look, he's probably is he he's home too, right? You guys are both home. Like, hey, this everything is just put been put in perspective. You know, we're here to and us to hang out with your family and try to stay in shape and appreciate the fact that it's not snowing and you know plan a couple of days at a time and see what happens. It's really unbelievable. We were just, I mean, we were just um, we played Arizona State couple uh, about a month ago and chris was down in spring training in the cactus league down in arizona so 
um, he came out to our games and I mean, we were just down there about a month ago and everything was great. Warm weather on a baseball field. And yeah. now we're home <laughs> back in Lexington, uh, um, you know, in our houses. So it's really super, super weird still to kind of wrap your mind around, but, uh, and, what, and, and talk about like, what's the remote learning like? Is it productive? Is it the same? Is it easier, different? You know, are you more on top of it because you just have more time to focus on work or? Yeah. So, I mean, at the same time, it's kind of, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm paying less attention to my classes, but all the classes, I don't know if it's the same um, with Skidmore, Dr. Geller, but they um, are pass fail here. You get to choose um, if you want your class to be pass fail. Um like right before you take your final. So I'm basically going to see where all my grades are at and any grades that hurt my GPA, I'll make pass fail any grades that don't, um, you know, I'll keep. And that's definitely going to be a good GPA booster for, for me and especially the other kids to get our team GPA up. But, mm. uh, I definitely think it's going to be a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I think it's a weird, weird period to be in. Yeah. I mean, at, at Bedford high school, I'm, I assume Lexington too, everyone's getting like, pass fail for third and fourth quarter and you know bye-bye seniors basically um yeah. so i have an 11th grader and he's like what about sat tests and what about visiting colleges and we're like hey i mean it's all like no one knows no one i know it's, it's crazy i think it's the worst for you know the juniors and seniors both in high school and college um i know this i mean when they told us school was canceled um at bc it was like like riots going on in the mod yeah they were throwing things out of windows and it was like the, the vandals. Well, it's like, it's like celebrating a Patriots championship, right? And there we go. <laughs> it was crazy. And it was the seniors were just, you know, really upset. They had to go home that they were like, we have four days, you know, we're going to, we're going to party. Well, that's the thing you say that, right? Like, you know, it, this is a, all the fallout from all this is really unfathomable. When we think about different things, um, especially the, you know, seniors sports and, you know, just your senior year and, and, you know, in the mentality, like as Dan was saying, like a couple, like a month or so ago, we were like, coronavirus is going to, you know, it, it, it should be okay, but it's not. And you see, um, you know, the, the end of college experience and that note is tough. And you think, and also you see, you know, images of all these, of all these uh, young adults down at spring break, right? About a couple weeks or so yeah. ago, you know, not acknowledging um, what's going on. Of course, we, we were all young, you know, and we all have our, um, you know, thoughts when we were young about, you know, the, what would not affect us, but it's, you know, and, and they, and people are still trying to get on with their lives and that's, it's a, t it's a tough thing to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Um, I, I have a story for you both that might lighten the mood and, and maybe allow us to say goodbye when we're all really happy and optimistic. Are you ready for it? Lay it on me. No. You ready, Dave? <laughs> only cause, you know, only cause I was bragging about, about Shaw, like in my tweet, like this was, this was a story. So Sal, did you hear about Triscuits yesterday? Triscuits on the internet? I did not. Dave, did you hear about Triscuits on the internet? I did not. <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not even, this is amazing. And people, I mean, in an era of bad news, this made everybody smile. So run on Triscuits, is it? Do I have to go get some Triscuits right now? <laughs> well, maybe, well, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Um, it's a paper you can throw me across. <laughs> we're, we're all familiar with Triscuits, classic snack food, buffet food. You walk in, grab a Triscuit, grab a slice of cheese, right? We're good. We're on the same page, Dave, yes? Yes, yes, yes. Sal, yeah. yes? Yep. All right, so. Buckle. This is. I'm. I'm going to paraphrase and read the tweets you just thread. Buckle up. Get a buckle, buckle up. up. Yeah. Okay. I said this, buckle up. I this did. This is going to be uh, good. It's going to be good. Two minutes. I want to talk to you about triscuits. <laughs> Several years ago, I was at a party and I spotted a bag of triscuits. I asked everybody, "What does the word triscuit mean?" It's clearly based on the word biscuit, but what does the try mean? 
right? TRI. The consensus was that tri means three, obviously, maybe three layers or three ingredients. Nobody knew for sure, so I Googled it. But here's the thing. Google didn't seem to have an official answer, just more guesses. So we went straight to the source. We emailed Nabisco, and the response we got a few days later shook us to the core. Here it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't even get in touch with the Verizon right now. And they got I know. No, Trish gets, right? nibble. Trish gets nibble on social media. Triscuit says, quote, thank you for your interest in our Triscuit crackers. No business record survived which specifically explained the origins or inspiration for the name Triscuit. But we do know the name was chosen as a fun derivation of the word biscuit. The try does not mean three. End quote. The side goes, the try does not mean three. How, how do they know what it doesn't mean, but not know what it does mean? How? Also, no business records survived. What the hell happened to the Triscuit factory? Did the building explode? Did somebody run out of the doors and yell, it doesn't mean three, right before perishing in a giant blaze? I was baffled, and I couldn't stand not knowing. So I did a little sleuthing online. And in the early 1900s, Triscuit was run out of Niagara Falls. And their big selling point was being, quote, baked by electricity, unquote. They were the only food on the market prepared by this 1903 process. Look at the lightning bolts in the ad. And that's when it clicked. Electricity biscuit. Trisket means electricity biscuit. Thanks for, thanks for spelling that out. <laughs> which, Trisket, which Trisket then confirmed. So Trisket gives it extra boost of electricity when you're eating it. So Sal, before the game, why don't you snack out some Triscuits? Give yourself a little Dude, juice. That- if it's gonna get yeah, if it's gonna if, if I'm gonna get a little bit of electricity, I will definitely add that into the pregame meal. Electricity uh, biscuits, baby. Electricity I'm biscuits. That of that non, um, you know, that, that there's no research to, to, to support that. <laughs> this this was confirmed by the company. Uh, Twelve hours later, once the guy says, "Hey, look what I found from your 1903 Does, advertisements." That's a, crazy. Do you have a jingle? Do you have a theme jingle? Because you could that could be a walk-up song. Um, could be. Could, could jingle. Oh yeah, do you, do you have a walk-up song, or that's not allowed in the NCAA? No, I I, I walk out to Candy Shop. That's my walk-out song. You do not. I do. Fifty Cent. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was that your doing or somebody else's? No, that was. I mean, I had that. We had we had walk-out songs in high school, and I, I remember I went with that in high school. I think it was like a joke one game that so, whoever was doing the walk-out songs, I was like. Yeah. You know, give me one, whatever. And then they gave me that, and I was like, all right, like that. I kind of like, walk out to that. So then I, uh, I stuck with it, and uh, yeah, it's a fun one. Hey, if any broke, don't fix you bet. You know, you bet like 500 in college. There we go. Um, <laughs> so before we wrap this up, Gilly, well, anything you want to tell us about South Relic or, uh, or, or the weekend coming up, Dave? Well, um, what can I tell you about Sal? Uh, great young man, uh, great family. Um, great values, just to, uh, you know. And he actually, you know, uh, Sal alluded to Skidmore, so he knows, you know, where my daughters go. He knows he went to. Uh, he was in the same class as Jocelyn, you know. And I, I'm always, um, you're happy when your when your own kids surround themselves by you know other nice people. And you know, it's a tribute to my daughter Jocelyn, if not Sal, that they're friends, you know. And and you listed off all those guys. You listed off. Um, you know, for your teammates, they're all just nice young men, you know, and just, it's pretty neat, you know, just good. Um, I know them in different ways and just good, good, good kids. And it's just, it's great to, uh, you know, talk to you. So, I mean, I threw, I threw this one last question. I just have to, just have to squeeze it in. You know, I asked, I asked Chris this, Chris, this question. I, oh, don't do it. Don't uh, do it. <laughs> I didn't hear it now. What's that? You're, 
Uh, so yeah, throw it at me. All right. When's when's the last time you played Pepper? <laughs> That's you sound like my dad. That's what my dad always says. Why aren't you playing Pepper? Probably. Oh, probably last summer. I would say was last time I played Pepper. Yeah, it's like it's still around. It is definitely still around. Don't think it's gone. Pepper is still <laughs> a game that people play. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Very good. Well, uh, so what a pleasure having you on. Um, you know, we wish you a lot of success navigating these un- uncharted waters. If next stop is Harwich, we wish you much success in the Cape. And, um, you know, we're, we're having high hopes for you out of the metropolitan Lexington, Bedford area. So good luck in your – you have a presentation this morning. Is that right? I do, yeah. I got to, good luck uh, with your presentation at 11. And um, hopefully we'll get this up on, the, on Lex Media sometime today or tomorrow. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for having me. It was All fun. right. Take care, man. It was really a pleasure hey. having you on. Keep in touch. What Do We Know is written by Dan Broskell and Dave Geller and produced by Julie Manugian at Lex Media in Lexington, Massachusetts. Our theme music is written by Joey Freeman. Joey's work can be found on SoundCloud and Spotify. See you next time.